Let's move beyond your comfort zone and into your genius zone because it's time to tap into the higher wisdom within you, your higher genius. I'm your host, Christy Turley, author of the book, The Intuition-Led Business, serial entrepreneur and intuitive intelligence expert. Imagine the possibilities when you can make better decisions and create practical and sustainable solutions using the power of your intuition, your higher genius. This is the Higher Genius Podcast. Today, I'm speaking with Jose Flores as we speak about how to disrupt your mindset with some very soul-searching, thought-provoking questions. We'll hear how Jose was able to deal with some challenges that most of us haven't had to and why he feels that those challenges have led him to his greater purpose. And we'll also talk about why Jose believes that everything happens in divine timing when you're aligned with your assignment. Jose Flores is CEO and founder of Indispensable Now. He's a mindset disruptor, dynamic, international, motivational speaker, and author. Jose speaks all over the world using his unique story of growing up with a physical disability and how you can use your mind to overcome anything. His main message is to never allow your struggle to become your standard and how to dominate your life and business. So let's go ahead and jump in. All right. Welcome to the show, Jose. Thank you so much for having me, Christy. How are you doing? I'm doing great. This is this is going to be an awesome episode. So why don't you start out and tell us a little bit about your story and how you got started, and um, we'll, we'll dive into today's topics. Yeah, absolutely. So uh, again, thank you for having me and letting me hang out with you and your audience. I, I really appreciate it. Um, but you know, so for those of you uh, watching or listening. Uh, you'll you'll be able to if you're watching you'll be able to see that I am in a wheelchair. If you're listening, uh, I'm letting you know I am in a wheelchair. <laughs> I am in a wheelchair, but it was due to a condition that I was born with called spinal muscular atrophy. And basically, what that does is the older I get, the weaker my muscles get. So when I was a young boy, I had a great childhood. I was able to walk and run and ride bike and do all the healthy, uh, uh, do all the cool things that healthy young boys are able to do. Um, but in the back of my mind, I knew that I had this condition because at three years old, my mom noticed that I walked with a little, like with a little limp and everybody thought it was cute. And it was like, oh, look at him. He looks like a, a little tough guy. And uh, so, but she noticed that the limp wasn't going away. So she took me to the um, doctor. They did wind up doing a muscle biopsy on me and, and diagnosing me with the spinal muscular atrophy. Uh, fast forward, you know, like I said, childhood was great. Come from a good family. Uh, then I get into high school, and that's when things really start to kick in for me uh, with, with this condition. That's when it starts to become difficult for me to just do basic, you know, bodily movements like sitting and standing, going up and down the steps, getting dressed on my own, uh, things like that. And you know, high school is tough, you know, right? Because that's where we're all trying to figure out what we want to do, where we want to go, what we want to become. But the doctors had said when I was younger that I would end up in a wheelchair by the age of 15. And they weren't even expecting me to live past my teenage years. Whoa. Yeah, but I do have good news because uh, this year, back in February on the 25th, I celebrated my 43rd birthday. Congratulations. <laughs> That's truly, yeah. I mean, it's funny how we all approach our birthdays with trepidation, but seriously, like that brings new perspective to just cherish yeah. every year. 
Yeah, yeah, no, absolutely. You know, and like I was saying, when in high school, I wasn't thinking about college. I wasn't thinking about a career. I wasn't thinking about the future because I was just trying to survive and live till 19, right? And so once I, um, you know, I graduated high school um, and then I moved from New York. I was born and raised in the Bronx, New York. So I'm a city boy, but now I live in Florida, sunny, sunshine state. And I love it down here. But uh, I moved from New York uh, to, to Florida. And uh, that's when I lost my ability to walk when I was 22 years old. And that's when I really, um, things started really getting difficult because I'm like, now I'm like in a dark place. There's no light at the end of the tunnel. I'm like, oh man, what am I going to do now? My life is ruined. I'm not going to ever be able to do anything great. I'm not going to be able to do anything of significance. I'm not going to make any impact. I'm not going to make a, a difference. And, you know, all my dreams were shattered. And I started, you know, while my body was giving up on me, I was giving up on myself, really. I was giving up on my goals, my dreams, my ambitions, because I really thought that this wheelchair was just going to be the end of me. But that was the mindset that I had, right? So um, it wasn't until I shifted and made a pivot uh, with that old stinking thinking and, and then really just started saying like, okay, well, you know, a lot of the years that kept me stuck in my life was because I was always focusing on the things that I couldn't do and the things that I didn't have and the abilities that I was losing. And it wasn't until I switched it and said, okay, Jose, enough with the pity party. What can you do? And so that's when I said, you know, well, I still have a sound mind and I still have a powerful voice. So I'm going to use that to make a difference. And that's when I started, you know, that's what led me to becoming an international motivational speaker, best-selling author, consultant, coach, and uh, just an awesome dude. <laughs> yeah, you certainly are awesome. But cool. I mean, really, it's remarkable. And I'm sure you give a lot of inspiration to hundreds of thousands of people and you have a very successful career. So way to go, <laughs> really. Yeah. Um, you know, but you, I want to let you, I want to let your yeah. audience know and your listeners and viewers know that, you know, the Jose that, that you guys see today is not the Jose that I've always been, you know, and I, I want to emphasize that because there may be somebody listening that they may have dreams or ambitions and they may feel far off or they may feel like they're unattainable or unreachable. And I just want to let you know that, you know, everything in life, there's a process, you know, you have to go through the process. And a lot of times people want to skip the process. They always fall for these get rich quick schemes and get money fast. And, you know, but you have to go through the process in order to become successful. There's a process. And in order to become successful, you have to go through the process. There is no skipping the process to success. You have to be able to go through the process. And for me, I had to like, you know, every time, every couple of years, my, even up, to, up until today, you know, every couple of years, my body goes through a new shift of decreased mobility. So I always have to, my whole entire life, I've had to learn how to adapt and adjust, adapt and adjust, adapt and adjust. Every time there was a new phase of decreased mobility where I was able to do something and now the condition is kicking in even more and now I can't do something. So I have to figure out, I'm not only constantly adapting and adjusting, but I'm always figuring out new ways to do things and just be able to live independently, uh, live a little more easily with uh, maybe some equipment that I can purchase or get that's going to help my life easier with the situation that I have to live. So, you know, again, you know, because right now we're living in, um, you know, uh, I, I, was, I was forced to do that. I didn't have an option. I had to force, I was forced to learn how to adapt and adjust. And today, you know, even with this whole Corona crisis that's going on, this pandemic, the whole entire globe is being forced to adapt and adjust to a new way of, of living and, and doing things and going out in public and working and, and, and things as such. And so, you know, 
don't look at the negative that's happening, right? Because every time we turn on the TV or the radio, we can focus easily to get easy to get focused on the negative and get sucked into that. And just like I was, I was always focusing on the negative, like I'm losing my body. Uh, my, my, you know, uh, the muscles in my body are, are deteriorating. I can't walk. I can't do this focusing on the negative. And it wasn't until I switched it and focused on the positive that my life really changed forever. So even those of you that are listening and struggling, because I know there's a lot of people that have lost their jobs and, and, uh, or hours have been cut short, companies are closing, businesses are shutting down, you know, try to find the positive in this situation, yeah. whatever that looks like for you. Yeah, that's so true. I mean, what you've gone through and, and us as humans, I mean, we all have our own version of the dark night of the soul. And that's really what you're describing here. And even these micro cycles or seasons in your life where, you know, with you, it's with your body, but with others, it could be their physical environment or their emotional environment or, you know, changes in life. And this is how life is designed. You know, it's like we all go through, we're constantly going through like our own version of like a spring, summer, fall, winter, you know, and that dark night of the soul is, is in that, is in that winter. And, um, and so I love what you said about having, keeping a positive attitude. Are there, I mean, how, like, what was it that like, was there something in your mind that just clicked when you're in this dark night of the soul? Cause it's easy to wallow in it. Right. But was there, how did it just click on for you that, Hey, I need to be positive. Is it something you read well, or? Well, no, it was just, it, it was just the state of my, the state of being, I, it was just my state of being. I was always focusing on the negative. And for me, you know, I was getting disability checks and for me, I got, I just got sick and tired of being sick and tired. I was mm-hmm. like, there's no way I can live off a measly $850 a month. You know, so I said that you got to do something with yourself. So I went out and got a job and, uh, you know, I have over 20 year corporate America uh, background and experience from from the bottom up all the way up to managerial positions, all different types of departments. Um, so I'm very well versed in the corporate America uh, uh, space. And I, but that's but that's because that's all I thought I was capable of doing and just a desk job. But for me, I was just, what clicked for me was I was just sick and tired of being sick and tired. And I, wa- I knew I wanted more. I knew that I was capable um, of doing more because I was a smart, I'm a, I'm a, I have a ton of common sense, right? That can take you a long way. Um, but I'm, I'm also smart. I'm well-read. I read a lot. I look into things. I research. So I, there was just, I had a hunger inside of me that there was like a void that was like, you ha- there has to be more than just living and dying in this wheelchair, collecting a government check, and, and that's it, <laughs> yeah. right? And so I, I wanted more. So I went out and I got into corporate America and then I was kind of like stuck there for many years. And I don't say that in a complaining type of way because, I, you know, working my way from the bottom up, it's provided me a very decent a livelihood being that I wasn't in a wheelchair. I, I, I made very good money. Um, but again, there was just something inside of me that said, there's more than this, Jose. There's more than this. You can be doing more. You can be learning more. You can be becoming more. And so that's when I really started uh, looking into motivational speaking. And, and uh, that's how I found my, my coach, my f- friend, my mentor, uh, the legendary Les Brown, uh, who uh-huh. wrote the forward to my book. And I've been on tour with him now. So again, I just say all of that because I'm just a little Puerto Rican boy from Bronx, New York, who was, you know, uh, stricken with this condition that, that 
whose future wasn't supposed to be bright, whose future wasn't supposed to look successful and here or great. And here I am, you know, su- successful to a certain level and, 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 and doing great things, making impact and, 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 and inspiring people and motivating people, encouraging people, you know, to learn more, do more and become more. And it's just an amazing feeling when I, you know, they always say hindsight is 2020. So looking back at my life and how far I've come and, you know, how much more I need to go. It's just an amazing thing to just sit back and reflect and say, wow, you know, if it can happen for me, it can happen for any single one of you guys that are either watching or or listening to this podcast. Yeah, that, that inner reflection is so important. And while we're on this topic, actually, have you ever thought like, what would happen? Where would you be right now? What kind of career would you have right now? Had you not had this condition? Like, where were you headed in life? You know, you know, that's a, that's a good question. You know, I'm, again, I'm from the Bronx, New York. That's in the city. So I'm hanging around with, a, with, 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 with the wrong people that were doing a lot of the wrong things. So, you know, I get that question a lot. And to be honest, if, if you know, if I wasn't in this wheelchair, I, I don't even know if I'd either be in jail or, or dead already uh, just because of the environment that I was in, the group of people that I was hanging around. But again, when I moved to Florida, that was like life changing for me. You know, when I moved here, I was still able to walk and, and do my thing. But then when I lost my ability to walk, you know, that's what my mom would go to church and I really wasn't into it. But I figured, let me just go with her just to get out the house. <laughs> but, you know, that's when I became a man of faith and my relationship uh, with my uh, with my Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, that helped me push through a lot of those dark days and just uh, expanding my mind and just really thinking and reflecting and, and just understanding, uh, gaining a higher level of understanding of sometimes things happen and we don't, we don't know why. Right. But that doesn't right. mean that we just mope around and, and just walk around with the woe is me mentality and uh, always negative. You know, sometimes you just have to push through and that's what I decided to do. You know, that, that's what I chose to do. And, and in life you can make one choice and it can be a good choice or a bad choice, but either way, one choice can change your life completely. Totally. It's those little things that can turn out to be big things, you know? And, um, yeah. And for every bad thing that happens to you, there's usually, you know, a, a, an equally or better blessing on the other side. That's right. And in your case, I mean, you, you're doing what you love, you know, I'm assuming you love it because you're impacting so many people and that's gotta be really fulfilling. Yeah, absolutely. Um, Yeah. So that's, that's amazing. Um, so, let's talk a little bit too about the difference between you could have easily given up, you know, what's the difference between in your mind giving up and quitting? Well, you know, when you give up, there, there's, there's, there's a substantial difference between the two when you're, when you're quitting. Um, Cause sometimes it's good to quit things, right? Sometimes it's like, if you smoke cigarettes, it's good to quit. If you're, if you drink alcohol heavily, then that's something good to quit. Right. <laughs> but giving up, that's when you put your dreams on life support. If you give up on your dreams or you give up on yourself, you're in essence suffocating or potentially even killing your dreams because you're just saying, hey, I love doing this. This is what I want to do, but it's so hard. I don't want to deal with that anymore. And you just give up. That's, that's the dangerous place to be in because again, we all have dreams. We all have goals. We all have ambitions. ambitions. We all want to reach a certain level of success in life, whatever that looks like for you guys. But the moment that you give up on your dreams or give up on yourself, that's when you just settle. That's when you make the choice to settle for where you are, for what you have, and you don't want to push forward anymore. 
And that's where, you know, that's, that's the difference between quitting and giving up. Like I said, if you're quitting something, sometimes quitting is good. Uh, like if you're working at something and that thing isn't working, then you're not going to just not stop doing it because you don't want to tell yourself, well, I'm not giving up. Sometimes things just don't work and you have to quit it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you have yeah, to stop, it's a good right? thing. Yeah, yeah. And in your case, you quit feeling sorry for yourself. And that was exactly. a good thing. Exactly. And sometimes it's good to close a business or to end a relationship, you know, right. you know, and, um, but how many people do you think have actually given up and they don't realize it because they're complacent. They don't realize they're in a box. That's most of the people in our society or or in the world. That's most people. That's why I always tell people, most people, um, they, 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 what's the word I'm looking for? Most people, they'll settle. They'll be okay with settling, even though deep down inside, they know they're, they're miserable. They know they're bitter. They know they're depressed. They'll still stay there because at least that's comfortable for them. They get so accustomed to being in that state that it becomes comfortable for them. So when they try to step outside of their comfort zone, now it's like, oh, wow, this is awkward. This doesn't feel right. Let me go back into my comfort zone, back into my misery, back into my depression, back into my unhappiness. And um, Or even and it's that- happy sometimes. It could be happy. It could be like a warm blanket and it's happy. They just don't know that there's something better too. Yeah, right? exactly. Exactly. Absolutely. Exactly. That's why we have to constantly always be willing to stretch ourselves. So what would you tell someone? I mean, you talk to a lot of audiences. What would you tell someone that would just pierce their souls to get them to wake up and realize that they have something else inside of them? I'll just tell them, hey, listen, according to what the doctor said, I'm not supposed to be here. Right. And so every single morning that I that I wake up and I can breathe on my own and take a deep breath. I'm excited for life, guys. I'm passionate. I'm on fire. I'm energetic. I don't need to be motivated because I'm just excited to live and see another day of life. So if that's you, if you have the ability to breathe on your own and wake up and your mind is in a sound place, then there's nothing that should be stopping you from fulfilling your dreams, from moving forward and crushing your goals on a daily basis. Yeah. And I think this is kind of leading us towards your your fixed mindset versus growth mindset discussion that we were kind of talking about on our other call. Do you mind walking us through that and talking a little bit about that? Yeah, absolutely. You know, the difference between a fixed mindset and a growth mindset, it it should seem like it's pretty obvious, right? Mm -hmm. Fixed means in place, doesn't move. And that's exactly what a fixed mindset is. It's like, for example, my my dad is, is, has a fixed mindset. He's old school. He's in his mid seventies and you know, he just has his own way of doing things, how he was brought up, how he, you know, how he was raised. And there's no convincing that man sometimes, right? <laughs> so he just has a, his fixed ways of doing things and it's a fixed mindset. Um, me, for an example, you know, I, I, have a, I have a growth mindset or an open mindset because I'm open to learning. I'm open to, under, open to understanding, open to gaining more information, more wisdom um, and making shifts along the way. That's what a growth mindset is. Those are the companies, those are the individuals that you'll see succeeding and winning in life. Those are the companies like Google and Amazon and Blue Jeans and Zoom now, even with this whole pandemic, right? That we everyone's using Zoom. So those are the companies that are willing to have and establish that growth mindset and develop that growth culture within their organizations or within themselves that are going to allow them to succeed and continue winning in life and always be ahead of the pack. 
Yeah, for sure. And I, I once heard that a VC could easily tell if a company was going to make it or not, or if you wanted to invest in that company by how open-minded the entrepreneur was. Absolutely. And, and I'm, I'm sure a lot of people listening here are like, yeah, yeah. Like I'm, I'm pretty open-minded, you know, growth mindset, but I'd like to challenge you to look at, you know, every area of your life, you know, where am I having a fixed mindset, you know, Mm -hmm. in my relationships or, you know, at home or, you know, out on the ball field versus an open mindset. Right. And just, and, or even in your habits and your routines, maybe you have a fixed way of doing things and maybe you just have to switch it up a little bit to, 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 you know, to disrupt the norm. Right. Yeah. How important is disrupting the norm? It's very, that's why I coin myself the mindset disruptor because disruption is a good thing, you know. And again, I always kind of use my my condition as as an example because through my whole life, my body has constantly been being disrupted by this condition. So again, disruption is a good thing because it pushes you, it forces you to think outside the box, it forces you to expand your thinking and your thought processes, it forces you to think a different type of way. Sometimes it even forces you to look at things differently. And so it's, you know, that, that disruption is like, even right now with the coronavirus, it's a disruption on the planet, right? Mm-hmm. But there's good things that are happening, right? The earth is rejuvenating itself. The sea is getting a break. The air is getting a break, right? The, the air that we get to breathe, that we take for granted so many times that it's cleaning itself and purifying itself. So there's, there's benefits that are going on that sometimes we don't really think about. But like we said earlier, there's always for every negative, there's a positive, right? Well, right. And I, I feel like there's a lot of people right now that are reassessing their values and what's important to them and what matters to them. And by being at home, maybe their kids are at home too. They're, they're, their whole schedule's disrupted. And it, when we can move from being annoyed that they're home because now you've got a homeschool, this is an example, you know, or being annoyed that you can't go out for, and walk freely like you would want to, or go hiking on, you know, a trail that's been closed, you know, looking at, I hate to say it, the bright side of things, you know, like yeah, absolutely. looking for the joy and, and, and looking for that, that, um, what we can be grateful for, which yeah. can be difficult. And if you can just start, like you were saying with your breath, I mean, how many of us could just be grateful that we're breathing? You know, if you have a hard time finding something, you know, Mm -hmm. you know, for me, you know, and and just touching on what you were saying uh, just now, you know, when this whole pandemic kicked in and everyone started to to get quarantined, you know, I was even telling my wife, because like I said, we live down here by Miami and Florida, and I've never in my entire life seen so many families riding bike together. And I'm talking about mother, father, and children all together riding bikes. And it's just, to me, it was a beautiful thing. And it kind of brought me back to my childhood uh, because I was born in the 70s. So, you know, we didn't have internet. We didn't have all these other gadgets. Like in order for us to have fun, we had to get creative. We had to go outside, play Mm -hmm. games, ride bike, climb trees, do all types of, you know, be very creative. And so when I saw that, I was just like, wow, this is amazing. Like, and I'm thinking to myself, like, I I really should have started just stopping some of these people and saying, hey, when was the last time you actually rode bike together like this? And probably most of them would say, we never have. This is the first time, right? But it was just such a beautiful thing to kind of see it go back to the way, you know, things used to be for me as a child. And even before my time, like when families really spent time together and it wasn't just so go, 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 go. We don't have time for this. We don't have time for that. And, you know, that bond between, you know, 
parents and children and siblings and uncles and aunts wasn't as strong uh, because of the demand that life gives on a lot of us that we have to work all the time. But now this time that we're able to be home, you know, and now we can build those relationships and, and, and those bonds and make them stronger and do things that we thought we didn't have time for. Now we have the time to do them. So again, right. like some parents were like looking at it like, oh my gosh, my kids are home. They have to homeschool. I'm so stressed out. But on the flip side, it's like now, you know, you have other parents that are thinking like, wow, this is amazing because now I get to spend all this extra time and kind of play catch up with my kids and, and really spend some quality time with them. Yeah, it is. It's a, it's an amazing blessing. And I hope, I hope, you know, it's your perspective, right? It's, I hope yeah. people can look at it that way too, and, and see the beauty and this incubation stay at home time that we have. Right. Yeah. So, um, tell me a little bit more. You have your, your, the name of your company is indispensable now. That's right. Talk a little bit about that. Why did you choose that name? What does it mean? What's, what's the mission? Yeah. So the, 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 the meaning of the company, well, the word indispensable, first of all, means being absolutely necessary, very important and non-replaceable, which are three things that I did not feel when I was younger. Right. I had to grow into that as an adult. I grew into understanding that I am an indispensable as an individual, because there's no one can be a better me than me. There's only one of me. I'm, I'm like authentically genuinely made. Right. Um, and so understanding that I wanted to, uh, that's why I named my company that like indispensable, like right now, not indispensable next week, not indispensable next week or year or, 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 or month or year, you know, but right now you're indispensable because you have, you have value that you bring to the table. And I know a lot of times when we hear that word indispensable, especially for me coming from corporate America, they always using that as a negative, like mm -hmm. no one is indispensable. If you're not doing your job, we'll get rid of you. And, you know, I, I kind of don't really agree with that because, you know, a position or a title may not be indispensable, but every single human being is indispensable, right? Because no one can be replaced as a person. Like now, can my position be replaced? Absolutely. Can my title be replaced? Absolutely. But can I be replaced as a person? Absolutely not, because there's only one of me. So that's the kind of angle I come with from that, uh, with that. And again, it's because of the way I was, the way I grew up dealing with my condition and not feeling those things. I wanted to be able to help other people understand that they are indispensable and it's right now. Right now is the time to be, to be that person that's absolutely necessary, very important and non-replaceable, whether it's for your spouse, your children, your family, your loved ones, your community, your neighborhood, your company, like whatever that is for you, you are indispensable right now. And then when you look at the word indispensable, uh, I, I don't have anything to show you right now, but you'll see within that word indispensable, you'll see two other words that I bolded out. When you see like my the logo that I used to have, it says is able. Hmm. So is able is built into the word indispensable. So I, when I, one day I was kind of like just doodling on a notepad and, and it popped out to me, I was like, oh snap, is able. And that even made it more powerful for me because, again, letting everyone know that they are able to do exceedingly abundantly what they can think or imagine if they apply themselves. And so it just made it that much more powerful. So, yeah, Indispensable Now is the name of my company. And I use that as the foundation of my business and my being and who I am and letting people know that they are absolutely necessary, very important and non-replaceable because of the gifts, talents and abilities that they were born and gifted with. 
what's your advice to someone who is like, yeah, Jose, I, I don't know. Like, I don't know if I'm, I'm indispensable. Like what are some exercises or what are some questions that they need to ask themselves so that they can truly believe and have that self-awareness that they truly are unique? Yeah, absolutely. First of all, I would say that you would need to work on getting rid of your limiting beliefs. That's first of all, because I, I, I had them. I'm pretty sure if you've had them, Christy, at some point, we all have, we all go through that, that season in life, but get rid of the limiting beliefs. Cause that's just going to hold you back even more. But one of the things that, or some of the things you can ask yourself to understand and start believing that you are indispensable is asking yourself, what are you very good at doing? Like extremely good things that come naturally to you. Like think, and those are the things that you were born with, right? Cause some people know how to play instruments like at four or five years old. And then they become these, you know, these, these astronomical musicians, right? Like Andrea Bocelli and Ray Charles, who was blind and Stevie wonder. Right. Um, so you see these individuals that are extremely talented, but you know, there's some talents and gifts that we were born with. And then there's some talents and gifts that we can develop along our journey. So ask yourself, what am I great at doing? What am I good at doing? Because a lot of times we're good at doing something. Like we may be good at drawing, for example, but we'll just kind of chuck it off to being like, oh, I'm kind of good at that, but it's just like a hobby for me. But that's, it's not, it's more than a hobby. It's something that you're ex most, I can't draw. <laughs> I'm not a good artist, right? So maybe you can start looking into artistry and how you can create a living off of that. Because a lot of times, more times than not, Christy, um, our gifts and our talents and our abilities, the ones that we are born with, those are the ones that we, we can use to become successful in life, to become uh, amazing individuals and, and, and just developing those, those gifts, talents, and abilities as we continue to grow and then making massive impact and becoming massively successful with those things. Like, for example, when I was in school, I always used to get in trouble for talking. <laughs> right? Who would have known all these years later, I'd be getting paid and making a living for talking, right? So that's exactly right. That's exactly what's going through my head too. It's like all these things that maybe we were chastised for, you know, or, or gifts that we hid or discarded because we didn't think they were important or someone we loved didn't think they were important, but like, dusting those off and rediscovering them and bringing those to the table. You're exactly right. Like who would have thought, you know? Yeah. yeah, exactly. I use that as an example all the time because, you know, like I said, I mean, I used to get in trouble for talking. Now I'm praised and paid for talking. <laughs> right. So, but I didn't know that when I was a kid, I didn't know that I would be able to use my voice because to me, I was just like, well, we all have voices. We all have to use them to communicate. But I, I was never thinking, well, I can actually get paid for becoming an effective communicator and, and sharing my story and, and being able to, you know, teach people how to become leaders and how to be indispensable and how to think positively and how to change their mind and how to make that pivot and how to, you know, just wake up and have an attitude of gratitude immediately upon waking up in the morning, which is, which can dictate how your days look. Right. So it's, it's about being very, very intentional and focused on what you really want in life and being uh not only intentional, but disciplined and committed to the process. Yeah. How, how does one find what they really want in life? Not like what they think they're supposed to be or what others think they're supposed to be, but like, how do you do, like, what are some questions that you tell people to ask themselves to figure out 
what they truly are, are destined to do or be? Yeah. I, you know, that's a great question because, you know, I, when I, cause I do one-on-one coaching as well. I do group coaching, one-on-one coaching. And a lot of the things that I ask my, my clients is I'll tell them right away, well, what are some of the things that you love to do? If you didn't, if money wasn't an issue, what would you do tomorrow and the rest of your life if money wasn't an issue? And I'd have them write those things down. And then I would ask them, what are some of the things that trouble you or what are the some things that aggravate, aggravate you or get you frustrated when you see and write those things down? Because a lot of times, um, you know, our, our, our destinies and our careers don't come from good places. They come from bad places too. So for example, I have a, my wife and I have a friend, uh, a couple that moved from the United States to Europe, to Amsterdam, completely different environment, completely different culture, but they had a heart and a passion to make an impact when it comes to human sex slavery and sex trafficking, right? So that's a bad thing. That's a negative thing, but they wanted to make an impact. So they left their comfort of here, of living in here in the United States. They both had very well, uh, good careers. They, they were very well off and they gave that all up to go to Europe and make an impact. And, and, and for something that's considered and looked upon as being bad, right? And so I asked them to ask themselves those questions. What's frustrating to you? What injustice do you see that, that really gets you angry and upset? And then figure out which, which one of those you would want to get involved with, right? Maybe it's just volunteering at some of those things in the beginning and kind of getting a feel for them. Because like you said, you may think that something is good for you. You may think you want to do something. And then once you get into it, you're like, oh, no, this isn't really what I want. Right. And so you have to really get honest with yourself. You have to get 100% real with yourself and you have to dig deep within yourself and ask yourself those tough questions. Like, what is it really that I want out of life? You'd be surprised. I ask a lot of my clients too, like, do you know what your purpose is? And, you know, I, I deal with grownups and they are nine, not nine times out of 10, but more don't know their purpose than those that do as grown adults, right? So they're just going through life, accepting, settling for what's going on. And there's no real like hunger. There's no real ambition. There's no real strive or drive for more. So they just go, you know, they were, and we're programmed like that, right? We go to high school, graduate, go to college, graduate, go to a job, work 20, 30 years, retire. Hopefully you have a pension or a 401k and then hopefully you live, you know, 10 years to be able to enjoy, <laughs> to it. Be able to enjoy it. Right. Cause they say that most people, they die before, you know, within a 10 year span of them retiring, they're, they're passing away statistically speaking. So it's like you work all these, you go to school, you work all these years to enjoy it maybe for 10 years. Like those numbers don't add up to me. It's like this coronavirus thing, right? Like people are like, there's just something off with the numbers. Like you know, there's more people that died from the flu. More people are dying from car accidents. More people are dying from HIV. More people are dying from cancer. Like these numbers aren't adding up. So people should be thinking like, when they're thinking about retirement, like these numbers aren't adding up. Like, right. There has to be something else that I can be doing to be you know, financially secure or, or financially free uh, when I choose to retire. Right. Right. Yeah. So, Go ahead. Yeah, I, know, I was just going to say there's more people that, you know, that are just settling for that mediocrity and, and that average life instead of for really, you know, going after it and killing everything, metaphorically speaking, kill, killing everything in life and crushing everything that they come in contact with so they can continue to get ahead and climb that mountain. Right. Yeah, absolutely. And um, 
Yeah. I, I, I hope during this time that we have during this coronavirus, no matter when actually someone's listening to this, even if it's way after we've gone through this, I just hope that you spend some time, invest some time really asking these questions that you're posing here and disrupting your mindset because, you know, whether you have a job or a business, chances are you've gotten into some kind of rut or routine and, and that's what you're talking about here. Like what purpose? That is such a huge word. How do you even like, how do you even walk someone through what is your purpose? Yeah, because, you know, the, your purpose is what you're supposed to be doing in life, yeah. right? That's, that's what your purpose is. Your purpose is what you're supposed to be doing in life. And most people, like I said, when you ask people what they want, they don't even know what they want out of life. And when you ask people what they should be doing, they don't even know what they should be doing, right? Usually they know what they don't want, right? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. That's 100% accurate. You know, and purpose, you know, it's simple. By definition, purpose is basically the reason for which someone or uh, for which something is done or for which something exists, right? So ask yourself, what on earth am I here for? What what on earth am I doing here? Like, what am I supposed to be doing? And what you're supposed to be doing should bring you fulfillment and should bring you some form of feeling of being of reward, right? Because the reality is that 85% of Americans go to a, a job every single day that they hate going to. 85%. That's almost yep. the entire United States. It's, it's really like 12, sad. 15%. It's very, very sad, right? So when you're asking yourself these questions, like, what was I created for? You know, what am I supposed to be doing on earth? Why am I existing? Right? And, and that, and, and you know, when you, when you really think about it, even those people that are committing suicide, it's because they don't know why they're existing. Existing, so they figure they, you know what? Let me just end my life earlier because I'm not doing anything anyhow now, or I'm not doing what I'm supposed to be doing. And it's sad, right? But once you know what you're supposed to be doing, let me tell you something, Christy, and all of you guys that are listening. When you know, without a shadow of a doubt, what you're supposed to be doing, and 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 living the, your life till its fullest potential, you're never gonna want to go back. You are not like. Like I was in corporate America for 20 years, right? Why? Because for me, and I'm not judging or anything, because like I said, it was great, but I was, I was settling. I was settling for average, for mediocrity, and I was okay, and I was comfortable, and I knew how to do things with my eyes closed, and, and I was getting a decent amount of money doing it, but I knew I wanted more. And it took me some time to figure it out. So if you guys are, you know, no matter how old you are, and you may feel like, man, I'm this age or that age, and you feel like, you know, you're missing out or, you know, I remember when I started my entrepreneurship journey, I was like, oh man, I feel like I'm, I feel like I'm way ahead of the, you know, behind the eight ball. I feel like I started so late, but there's, there's no such thing as, there's everything happens in, in its timing, right? I'm, I'm a firm believer that I think that everything happens in, in, in its timing. And uh, when it's time for you to, but at the same token, you know, you have to be able to put in the work and willing to put in the work to make sure that you aligning with that timing as well, with that perfect timing, that you're in alignment with your assignment, right? I like to say that when you're in alignment with your assignment, uh, that's when powerful things happen, guys. That's when powerful things happen. So if you're in a place now where you don't know what your purpose is, uh, where you feel stuck, where you don't know what you're supposed to be doing, it's time, and, and this is the perfect time, right? Because we all have to be home. This is the perfect time to sit back, reflect, and ask yourself those deep questions and get specific with it. That's what I wanted to mention too. Get specific with it. You know, you hear people when New Year's comes around like, oh, I want to lose weight next year. Oh, that's great. How much? 
oh, well, I don't know, maybe 10, 15. Well, no, it's, is it 10 or is it 15? Like you have to get specific, you know, you got to get detailed with what you want. And that, again, that's a part of knowing what you want. When you ask someone a question and they can answer you directly, right? Then you know that that person means business. Like, you know what? My goal is to impact a million people, right? This year. Okay, great. How are you going to do that? I'm going to get on podcasts. I'm going to start my own podcast. I'm going to do Facebook lives. I'm going to network. I'm going to uh, be out and about and just interact with people, right? That's the only way I'm going to be able to impact a million lives is if I go out of my comfort zone, go out of my box and, and explore everything else that's outside of that. And, and, and that's the only way it's going to work. And that's what I've been doing personally myself. I have my own podcast and thank you, Chrissy, for bringing me on yours. Um, but, you know, I'm trying to do anything and everything that I can to get exposed so that people are exposed to me and exposed to my energy and my vibrancy and my uh, frequency. And so that they can, you know, because again, you know, we live in a, in a dark negative world. And if I can be that small beacon of light uh, with it, where everywhere I go to everyone I meet, then that, that's exactly what I want to do for the rest of my life. Yeah. And it's like, even if you can wake just one person up, like it's all worth it, you know? Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, I, I totally agree. And I totally feel like we're all here to experience joy. And so your purpose is definitely going to be in alignment with joy. What brings you joy? I couldn't agree more. Absolutely. You know, I'm going to just share this quick little story with you and your audience, because I think it's, it's, it, I think it's fitting. Uh, but you know, I get asked the question a lot, a lot, like, like, when did you know that you know, speaking was going to be your thing? Like, when did you know that speaking was going to be, you know, your new career? And I remember when I first started speaking and I was speaking for free, I spoke for free so many times, but I was speaking at this high school for a bunch of kids and they have this thing called dual enrollment. So you're like in high school half the day and then you go to college classes the next half of the day. And so I was speaking to this bunch of kids and at the end of my presentation, you know, I asked if anybody had questions. There was a few kids that asked questions, but, you know, not everybody in a group is, is extroverted, right? So you have a lot of introverts that will come to you afterwards when you're done and they'll say, hey, can I ask you a question? Like on the side, right? Yeah. <laughs> Which is cool. I kind of like that. But, you know, this one girl came up to me and she said, you know what, Mr. Flores? Um, I'm, in, I'm in dual enrollment right now and I'm going to college because I want to be a neurosurgeon. And I was like, oh, wow, that's amazing. And she said, yeah, you know, but I'm feeling like I, like I, I'm feeling like I want to give up because it's so hard. It's so difficult and it's overwhelming. I get frustrated. I get stressed out and, you know, the pressure of it. And I was like, wow, this girl is like 17 years old having to deal with all of these pressures, right? And stress levels and all of that. And I'm like, you're just a kid. You shouldn't be having to go through all this at this time. But she was like, you know, I, you know, and I guess her family comes from a family that's very educated and they've all been to college and they're all doing great things. So she kind of felt obligated to do the same thing. She also wanted to do it as well. But anyhow, long story short, she says, you know what, Mr. Flores, I was feeling like giving up. But after hearing your story and hearing that your condition is a neuromuscular disease, I want to keep on going to school because who knows, Mr. Flores, maybe I might be the one to find a cure for what you have. And when she said that, man, it brought tears. To, even, even now I get like a little emotional because it brought tears to my eyes because I'm like, I would just come into the school to share a story with these kids, not to think that this girl was going to get so impacted to keep on going. And then to say, because who knows, maybe I might be the one to find a cure for what you have. That just melted my heart. And I, and I told my wife, like when I was, uh, when we were leaving that school, I was like, 
man, babe, I know without a shadow of a doubt, this is what I'm supposed to be doing. Because if, like you said, Christy, if I can just reach one person and change their mind or change their, their perspective on life and, 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 and help them to continue moving forward and persevering and enduring and endure and win at life, then it's a job well done for me. Oh, that is so heartwarming. Thank you for sharing. I'm like tearing up here. (laughs) (laughs) That's awesome. Well, you've been such a wonderful guest, Jose. Can you please let people know how they can learn more about you and then go ahead and end on a, a final piece of wisdom or final thought that you have? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, you can find me, uh, you can go to my website, joseinspires.com. Very simple. I'm unified all across the board. So my website is joseinspires.com. That has anything and everything uh, that you need to find out about me. It, had, it has my, all my books, my products, my services are all there. And then all my social media as well is at Jose Inspires. So I'm very easy to find uh, at Jose Inspires. And I want to just leave you with this. It's actually the title of my current book. And it's, and it's just called, Don't Let Your Struggle Become Your Standard. How to be indispensable, even when the odds are stacked against you. So no matter what you're going through in life, no matter what stresses you may have, no matter how overwhelmed you may feel, no matter how frustrated you may feel, don't let that struggle become your standard because there's more out there for you and it's waiting for you to show up and grab a hold of it. I hope you loved today's episode. And if you did, please subscribe and leave a like, comment, and or review. Every interaction, whether on YouTube or your favorite podcast platform, helps this podcast to reach more people like you. Thank you for tuning in to the Higher Genius Podcast.